This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? Indeed, it is the Monty Show on Monday, the last day of January. 2022. It's L-Dom. Smoking Joe. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. By the way, it's already the end of January. Yeah, it's not good. It is already January. Amazing. Um, There are already people commenting. I can't see them, but I can see them. I swear to God, if we're making jokes about Joe Ingles ACL, I'll be pissed. They're not. They're making jokes about you slurping Joe Burrow. Oh, okay, good, okay. All right, good, good. No, that's fine. I can take that. I can take that. Tanner Plummer says, hold on, I'll, I'll be right back. I need to get my raincoat so I can stay dry during the Joe Burrow slurp fest. Hey. Jake, is there going to be a Joe Burrow slurp fest? Yeah, I've, I, I'm all oiled up and everything. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm all oiled yeah, up. I am so ready to go to, to slurp Joe Burrow today that it's, you know, to slurp Joe Burrow today. Yeah. Mr. Burrow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, man, I ain't, I ain't prejudging you or nothing. I am actually. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but an incredible run in the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, but I think we have to uh, start with the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, um, this season just continues to spiral out of control. Um, and last night was shocking. Um, a loss in Minnesota, but truly one of the most devastating moments we've seen in a season full of what feels like devastating moments was Joe Ingles going down with what has to be a torn ACL. It was a non-contact injury as Joe drove to the basket, um, and he was in incredible pain. This is one of your leaders. This is one of your glue guys. And Jake, how do they how do they bounce back from this injury? Yeah, I think the the issue with what you know Joe Ingles brings to this team and 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 what they're going to have to deal with is you know you look at the culture of this team right now and it's kind of all over the place. You know, you 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 kind of come to understand that this team right now is lacking leadership and and they're trying to they're trying to bring some with guys like Mike Conley and and what was Joe Ingles and you know the leaders on this team, but. But it, there's just no other way around it other than to say that they're struggling a little bit. And and, and I don't think it's outlandish to say that. And, and I think when I look at Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow, Joe Ingles and, and <laughs> what uh, what he brings to this team, uh, it's a lot. You know, it may not be in the stat stat sheet, you know, as much as it used to be in prior years. But this is a guy that's been with the team for, what, eight, nine seasons now? This is a guy that, that has been, uh, you know, what a lot of people would say an Ironman, somebody who doesn't miss a lot of games, who plays – uh, who, who, who does things the right way. And I just think that when that happened immediately, you knew that as soon as I saw that play, we were watching it as soon as we saw that it was like, yep, torn ACL. We'll see you later. I mean, it just is so clear that that's what happened. And, and it's really, really unfortunate for this team. But, uh, I, I think, you know, now, now looking forward, unfortunately, I think the question is, you know, where do you go from here as a basketball team? And, and this is kind of where Quinn Snyder and that coaching staff and, and really guys like Donovan Mitchell have to come into play. This team is going to have to figure out what, you know, what the goal is from now till the end of the season. Because for them to get to, you know, the Western Conference Finals or to, to really get into a good postseason position, they're going to have to do what the 2018 
2018 team did, which is you're going to have to win like 18 out of 20 to to get into a good playoff matchup and seeding. Um, and I don't know that this team can do that. I think that's a pretty tall order, but we'll see. But that's unfortunately the position that they're in right now. Yeah, and I, I think the reality is that basketball is a very physically demanding sport on the body. Um, then the Jazz have dealt with their fair share of injuries. I mean, you're looking at Rudy Gobert with a calf. Um, again, an Olympian that ha has played a lot of minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I am actually not that surprised. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell with this concussion, um, you know, we're going to talk about Don in a minute because there's a lot of salacious, ridiculous rumors going on, mm -hmm. but I, I think they've dealt with their fair share of injuries. And oddly enough, the guy that's not been hurt all year is Mike Conley. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and now Mike's not playing exceptional basketball at the moment, unfortunately, Yeah. but you're missing critical pieces to this team. And I think this is a lost season. I think if you are Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith right now, you have to seriously consider trading every piece on your roster that you can with the exception of Donovan Mitchell at this trade deadline, Jake, because I, I, I don't see any way that you contend for the Western Conference, you know, second round and Western Conference championship, Western Conference finals. I don't see any way you pull that rabbit out of your hat here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the only way that's even feasible or even a, a, the only, like, path that, that you might have to to that destination would be um, just changing the way you play the game, you know, and, and really starting to utilize the mid-range more and kind of changing the dynamic on offense. But that's not who this team is as – you know, shown to be. I mean, if you think about the guys that are getting the lion's share of minutes, you know, when everything is square and everyone's healthy, I mean, the, the guys that are getting most minutes are obviously Rudy, Don, Bogey, and Mike Conley. And then that fifth spot tends to be sort of a rotational spot depending on who they're playing. So, you know, when I look at those four guys, again, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Mike Conley, those four guys have to play better together. And what that looks like, in my opinion, is, is a lot more ball movement, uh, a lot more unselfish play, and uh, in, in utilizing the mid-range more. I, and, and, I, and I know it sounds kind of cliche or, or maybe uh, even borderline cheesy to say that they need to move the ball more when we're talking about basketball, but I look at other teams around the league who are doing better than anybody would have thought. I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and, and I watch them play all the time, uh, um, and, and they move the ball quite a bit. They utilize Evan Mobley's length against whoever they're playing they've done it against this jazz team so i just think i just think this team in the jazz and quinn snyder need to come up with an offensive game plan that moves the ball more get get more open looks out of the corner if you're going to be a three ball team create open looks that's your only path to to any sort of playoff run or whatever the case may be now to your point i think on the flip side of that it's really easy if you're danny ainge to say you know Joe Ingles just basically tore his ACL. It's not confirmed yet, but that's pretty much what that looks like. Uh, yeah. I'd be shocked if it was anything else. Um, you know, so Joe Ingles has a significant knee injury. Um, Don's out. Rudy's out. You know, and we're left kind of to, you know, metal in the rubble, I guess. And, and, and to me, if I'm Danny Ainge, again, like we said last week, this is just accelerating the process for transitioning this team to what it needs to be to win championships. And that – that, to me, is is what the conversation should be in the front office. What are we doing at the trade deadline to get this ball to get this ball rolling? Because every single day, 
that we're not making moves to get to who we want to be is another day lost, in, in my opinion. So they, I would start the process now. Yeah, and I, I think this is that, that old conversation we always have of, do you know who you are and where you are? And I think if you're the Utah Jazz right now, you have to fully understand that you're not a competitive team. You're not one of the top teams in the NBA. Frankly, I think with the COVID battle that the Jazz have fought over the last two and a half, three weeks, um, if you didn't hear Quinn Snyder's now in COVID protocols, mm-hmm. um, you know, with all the injuries now that you're facing, you're without arguably your three best leadership pieces, good or bad, in Donovan, Rudy Gobert, and now Joe Ingles. Um, I think Rudy Gay has not been the contributor that you had hoped he would be. Yeah, I think if you're the Utah Jazz, this season continues to spiral out of control, and I would make significant trades at the deadline if I'm able to. It's going to be very difficult. You don't have anything to give in order to get. I think you're going to have to lose you know, probably three trades to remake this roster, and I'd be absolutely fine with that. And again, I'll just say, if you're a Utah Jazz fan and you get upset – when Boyan Bogdanovich, when, you know, big names on this roster get traded, I, I think you don't have perspective. And, and again, Joe Ingles' leadership is a key part of what you're going to miss. Yeah. But let's not forget this is a guy that is is on the far, far backside of his career who has an expiring contract that has value around the league, and you're not going to be able to leverage that now. Yeah. And that's that, to me, is a really important piece of this conversation. Joe's leadership, Joe's intangibles, Joe's a great teammate. He's got an expiring contract. Like all of those things hurt when you're talking about remaking this roster, Jake. And yeah. I, I, I just don't, the thing that I, I, I struggle with is I don't know how you recover from this injury. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to play this, this sound from Mike Conley from last night. Cause I think it really gives, it'll give people, if you haven't heard it, it gives uh, a pretty good insight into just how impactful uh, Joe Ingles is. So this is Mike Conley after the game last night. Hello. Hello. And now it won't play. Mike. Um, yeah, Mike Conley. Yeah, it won't play. Of course it won't God play. God damn it. Yeah, sorry. Michael. It won't play. I don't know why. M- Mike. Obviously. Hey. Hi, Mike. Hurts a lot, but um, Joe, you know, it's, that took a lot out of guys. Um, seeing him, you know, tears in his eyes. Just, you know, you know how much this means to him and this game means to him. And, um and what we mean to him, you know, so it's like, you know, it's tough, but you know, not everything is supposed to be easy. Um, we understand that this will build, build even more character for us. You know, this adversity that we're going through and, um, you know, you just pray for Joe and hope that, you know, it's as minimal as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's Mike Conley, um, talking about Joe Eagles. I mean, it, it's, it's deflating. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt that it's deflating, and I think you have to look at ways to to remake this roster now. A- anything other than that is irresponsible, in my opinion. I just think you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. Um. You know, for me, anyways. I. I. I that's just my opinion. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, "Morning casuals. How are the slopes? Morning. Morning casuals. casuals. Wow. Oh. Casual. You know." Bro. Yeah, there's Bro. the first year of casual. Slopes were amazing as usual. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, morning. Edgar Garcia says, best two weeks of football I have seen in a very long time. Also, good morning, players. What's up? Good morning. Um, Greg Hawkins says, sup, y'all. Brandon Whiteside says, it's a jazz season. 
Brandon Whiteside says, Yellow. if the Jazz season is a waste, then I feel way worse for LeBum and the Fakers and street clothes. And what what do the Lakers have See, to do and, with this? And, and I'm not, no, I'm not humoring that. We're not going down that road. It doesn't have anything to do with the Lakers. Why does like, bitter-ass Jazz fan have like, to do that? I just I, – I, I get – with all due respect to Brandon Whiteside because he listens to the show every day. We really appreciate you being here, man. I, I, I know you're here every single day, but there are some things that you say that I just can't even – humor and, and that and that's one of them again with all due respect the lakers have nothing to do with this like like again putting another team down because joe ingles got hurt and and the jazz are struggling a bit this year there's just not it, it just doesn't it doesn't play here you know there's no yeah. there's no need for that jeremy bolton says what's gonna say is this the worst january we've ever seen as a jazz fan it's got to be close yeah i mean i think it's up there for have sure they, have they won a game this year have the, uh, it wait, doesn't feel like it. Have the Utah Jazz won a game? They're the worst team in the NBA, right? Never. They're not. It just feels that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly in, – in, but I think there's some credence to that. I think, you know, with where this team is at, you know, the the feeling around the team, not just the, the win-loss column this month or, like, the stats and all that, but, but like, the feeling around the team, it just is – is very like downtrodden and negative right now. And I think that's really yes. tough to deal with. And so when a guy like, cause again, you know, it's fair to say Joe Ingles hasn't exactly been lighting up the stat sheet, right? But that's not what you're really asking him to do on this team. You're asking him to bring guys together, to lead the team a bit. Like you're asking him to be that guy. So when that particular guy goes down with, with what was in my opinion, a gnarly ass ACL tear. I mean, that is like, yeah, that that's one of ugly, the worst dude. kind you can have. I mean, that yeah. is ugly. Um, you know, I just – it's just like, damn, dude, like what else is this team going to have to absorb before they get over the hump? You know, I, you, yeah. Brandon Whiteside referenced the Lakers. The Lakers are in a very similar situation. What are they going to have to do to get over the hump? You know, what are the Jazz going to have to do to get over the hump? Like there's a couple of these teams that are just battling. I bro. just think you have more assets on other struggling teams than you do with the Jazz. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and that's, the, yeah. that's the hardest part is yeah. you have a lot more to play with. You know, if you're Sacramento, if you're one of those teams that, you know, is is in the playoff right now, you have a lot more assets than the Jazz do to play with. Yeah. And unfortunately, I just think it's one of those times where you're going to have to bite the bullet on this. You're going to have to. You're just going to have to trade your major names. I mean, that's what that's unfortunately what <clears throat> what yeah. this situation is going to require. And I know that that's not easy. I know that that, that doesn't feel good, that that, that that means that you're probably going to be a, a bad team for uh, uh, probably two seasons, maybe. I would think it's probably a two-season I would season think turnaround. you could do it the rest of this year and next year, and you, you could be contending for the playoffs. You could, you'll could you be a playoff team next year. But I think in two years, you're competing for a Western Conference Finals again. If they start the process at the trade deadline. <clears throat> yeah, if you start it now. If you wait, I mean, you're just going to toil. That's the thing. You're either elite in this league or you're just a, a mediocre team. And I think that Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith are not spending millions of dollars in luxury tax on Mike Conley uh, to, you know, to, to toil. Yeah. And I think you need to tear this roster down and restart. I, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear to me that that's what you have to do. Yeah. And I think it's more pertinent now than, than it ever has been. I know a lot of times in sports, we say, Hey, we got to tear the roster down. You burn it to the ground. Cause they suck. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that, that now with the position that you're in, in this season, not only with the win-loss column, but Joe Ingles, Don Root, like you're, you, every, all the signs of the season 
point to let's start the process now rather than trying to, to go as far as we can this year then starting that, yeah. that's what i think the best way to say it you is. know in the in the hard part is you really need donovan mitchell to to grow up you need donovan mitchell right? to become a superstar yes. right now and you know with his extended absence here i see no reason to rush him back i mean i i <laughs> I, I just don't yeah um and i think you're 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 not going to you're not going to do anything to jeopardize his long-term health. Mm -hmm. The thing that stands out to me, though, is you've got to correct some mistakes, some significant mistakes. I mean, Mike Conley's a mistake at this point. Rudy Gay has not been what you thought he would Why be. Why do you say Mike Conley's a mistake at this point? Because you can see he's just not the same player this year he was even last year. You can see that, you know, he's a guy, Mike Conley's a guy right now that is very limited because of his age and the deterioration of his skill. Um, and he is, he, he is to me on the defensive end, he just can't compete with most guards anymore. Yeah. And you're seeing that he's really falling into that jazz jackpot of, Hey, I'm going to shoot the three. I'm going to work screen and shoot the three. And he isn't getting to the cup as much as you would like. He just isn't the same player that he was. There's sure. not that quick. There's not that explosiveness. Yeah. He is a serviceable player. He'd be a great backup point guard. He is no longer a number one point guard on a championship team. Yeah, And I think when you look at guys like Boyan Bogdanovich, he's got value. I think Jordan Clarkson's got value. Frankly, I'm burned out on Jordan Clarkson right now. He's a guy that I look at. When we talk about remaking this roster and, and should you or could you or what's the right thing to do, what I'm telling you is Jordan Clarkson's committing just egregious turnovers, Thanks. unforced errors, bad shots bad decisions, Thanks. lack of rotations, being not lazy, just unaware on defense. These are all things that Jordan Clarkson is doing that is killing you. Yeah. And it is, I mean, the turnovers, you gave a team like Minnesota last night so many extra possessions, you were never going to be in position to win that game. Yeah. And I think there's just no point, uh, no point in fighting this fight anymore. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, there's like, not a lot of incentive to it. I agree. Uh, Aptus Lopez says, what are the realistic trades to remake the roster? And by the way, he's in the uh, the Philippines. Manila, good to see you, uh, Aptus. You I, I don't know that there's a particular trade yeah. that you're going to point it's at. It's not as easy as that. I don't know that. And, and I think philosophically, now that Joe is hurt and you're seeing Donovan's missing a significant amount of time, you got to make a decision here. I mean, you have to ask yourself very clearly, um, who are we? You know, because like when I look at where you are in the standings, um, and I, I I think that this team, this team is still a playoff team. I mean, you are um, at this point, you're 30 and 21, you're nine over, mm -hmm. um, you know, but if you look at where you are, you're, you're quickly falling back to um, Dallas and Denver very quickly. How many games back are they of the Jazz? Uh, one game. Okay, so you're right there. You're right there, you're which right there. then puts you on the cusp of being in the play-in tournament. Yeah. And to me, that's where you cannot be. But if you're the Jazz, I, I, I'm doing everything I can do to remake this roster regardless of the outcome this year. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, to answer that question directly uh, really quick, I, there is not a when, – when I said, hey, it's not that easy about, hey, what trades can they make – it's not that easy because they're not in a position to dictate the trades. They have to get involved as Correct. a third team or like they have to get involved in sort of a secondary role in a trade. And and so basically rather than saying, hey, what are the trades we can make? I would rather verbalize that as how can we offload some of these guys to get asset back? 
How can we yeah. move Bogey yeah. to get to get a trade or uh, to get a draft pick back? That's that's the process you're going to see this team go through. They're not going to do you know, hey, Bogey and this young guy for some major player. That I don't see that that is that just happen. doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I I think you need to reacquire draft capital. And you need to to be that third team. I mean, you have guys that have limited value. I would move them. Mm -hmm. I would do what I can do. Uh, James Knight says, heartbroken, guys. He deserved to go out on his terms. Well, you deserve what you've earned. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, and, and as an NBA player at, at that's got as many miles as Joe Ingles has, by the way, another Olympian, yeah. right? Another Olympian um, that his body gave out because yeah. you cannot continue to play that many minutes without a break. And I look at Joe Ingles, who's in his 30s, and these are the kind of injuries that happen. It's devastating because it's it's a knee, and at his age, you probably don't recover from that. Yeah. And my guess is Joe can go and play in Australia if he wants to. Mm -hmm. But my feeling is, as an NBA player, he's probably done. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult to overcome that kind of injury at his career, at his point in his career where he is skill-wise. Yeah. He's a role player in this league. He's not, you know, Kobe coming over, overcoming a knee injury and then an Achilles tear. He's not, <coughs> excuse me, he's not Clay Thompson mm -hmm. overcoming like Durant. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're not that guy. You never were that guy. Mm -hmm. The good news is he doesn't require explosiveness to be effective. So you just feel awful for him. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, he's that, just such no a good human. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Bolton says the answer is obvious for the Jazz. Mike James and Alex Caruso. Well, you'd, you'd be far better off if you had those two on your roster. Yes. You know, um, Sean Mirzinski says brutal injury. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, absolutely yeah. brutal. Sad day. Definitely my favorite player. And Garcia says um, Jeremy Bolton says James Knight. I feel totally the same. So awful. I'm heartbroken for him. Possibly the last time we ever see Joe play, certainly in a jazz uniform. Yeah, there. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, you, you may never see Joe Ingles in the NBA again. Yeah. Uh, Tanner Plummer says you need Donovan Mitchell to grow up while this whole team needs to grow up. In my opinion, we'll but see. That starts with Donovan. I yeah. Mean, I mean, come on. you don't have a leader on this team. Like who's the guy on this team. You don't have the guy on this team. Yeah. there's been a lot of Who videos of Don on the bench with Jared Butler, like having conversations and teaching him some things and, and, you know, clipboard Don's been a thing on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, that's great that, that Don is, is helping and writing up plays and whatever, dude. I mean, that that's all fine and dandy, but but what I'm more talking about is, in terms of leadership is is getting the feel of this team back on track, man. Yeah. I mean, you feel like – I mean, again, I'm not trying to hate, but they feel like a mess. I mean, it, it's one thing to, to say, okay, this team's together. They're playing the best basketball that they can possibly play with the hand they're being dealt, which they're not. But let's say that they were. And then the Joe Ingles things ha happens, and now you're like, okay, well, how is this team going to bounce back? And right now, this morning, I don't have an answer for that because I don't know who the leader on the team is. I mean, it, it, I know who it should be, and that's Donovan Mitchell. But but the relationship between Don and Rudy and then the rest of the locker room needs to be repaired. It needs to be fixed. And, and so that's why I say – you know, the issue is even when you do make all these trades and you do get your draft capital back and you do remake this roster, Don and Rudy have to improve that relationship. You Don has got to figure out how to not be selfish on the offensive end and take these bombing threes and play basketball, like play NBA basketball. And I know we compare this team to the Suns all the time, but the dynamic between Chris Paul and Devin Booker is why they're winning. Dude, it is why 
They are winning. Chris Paul is unselfish. He finds Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the same. He prioritizes finding Devin Booker. Yeah. You know, you like know? I, I think the hard part about Donovan Mitchell is that he's turned into a star. He has stopped now his development. And I think this goes back to my doctor versus your doctor last year. The Jazz team physicians were clearly correct. Mm -hmm. They did not want him to return when he returned. He returns and instantly re-injures the ankle. Yep. Jazz doctors were correct. And that's where the – I think if, if there is a fracture in the relationship between Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz, I would point to that moment in time. Yeah. Because the Jazz team doctors clearly said, you're not ready to return. And his guys said, you are ready to return. And that's where the friction is. I I don't know. Is Donovan Mitchell a prima donna? I, don't, I have no idea. We don't know yet. Um, is Donovan Mitchell a superstar? I think he is. He's just not a superstar yet. You know, he has to take that next step. And that next step is maturity. Yeah. He can score with anybody. There's no doubt about that. He has to improve on defense. And I don't even know at this point that I'd call him a willing defender, but he needs to improve on defense and he needs to stop this, this mess. He needs to, to really, you know, figure it out with Rudy Gobert because it, there's a there's supposedly a lot of friction. I think Rudy Gobert is another guy that's got to mature quite a bit off the floor. I mean, this griping over getting the ball, you don't deserve the basketball, Rudy. Like, you've yeah. done nothing to make Donovan Mitchell throw you the ball. You've shown nothing. You've proven nothing. You're a guy whose best, highest juice offensively is offensive rebounding and putbacks. Yeah, That's your job offensively until you show otherwise. So I just think that when you have an injury like Joe Ingles, it brings a lot of it brings a lot of ugliness because it's going to continue the train of negativity that's rolling downhill right now. Yeah. And the guy who's ultimately responsible for fixing that right now is Danny Ainge because the way you fix that is you remake the roster. You make changes and you remake the roster. It is it is that simple. And Garcy says he'll never be all NBA with no defensive skill or effort. He has defensive skill. Do the Jazz develop, guys? No. Nope. Ask yourself this question. Do the Jazz develop players from young players to elite top-tier talent? You've done nothing to develop Rudy Gobert's offensive game. I mean, arguably his offensive game from when he was a rook to coming in now is just natural development. Like, yeah, hey, you're figuring some things out. You're figuring out spacing. I mean, the guy... Everybody gets a, you know, all throbbing over, oh, he leads the NBA in field goal percentage because all he does is dunk. He's a he's a 26-foot-tall guy. Of course, he's a, a legit 7-footer. The guy can dunk. Yeah. Right? Like, but have, have the Jazz developed Rudy Gobert? Have the Jazz developed any of their young guys? Did they develop Dante Exum? Is this going to turn into a developmental organization? Because you have a new owner, you have a new general manager, you have new staff coming in. Are we? Is Jared Butler ever going to be better than Dante Exum? That's a legitimate question. Think about that. Yeah. Dante Exum was a huge mistake. We knew it the moment they drafted him. Is Jared Butler a mistake or is the mistake that the Jazz won't develop him? Because I don't see Donovan Mitchell developing much outside of Chris Brickley's work. And Chris Brickley has turned Donovan Mitchell into a legitimate 
Well, helped him. Don's done a lot of work. Don plays a lot of ball in the summer. Yeah. But I look at I look at Elijah Hughes as another perfect example. The Jazz aren't developing Elijah Hughes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not developing Doak. They're not developing the young guys on this roster. Elijah Hughes is another Brickley guy. And what's he do really well? Dribbles and has has handles. What does Don do really well? He dribbles, shoots, and has handles. That's what Brickley guys do. Yeah. I think there is a, a missing developmental piece in this organization. Yeah, and I think it's holding them back from, you know, contending for championships, if we're being honest. Yeah. Ooh, that hurts, Greg. Uh, the Jazz take players with great potential and spin their wheels until they burn out or get traded. New owner, new GM, same result. Take note. I'm going to say this again. Oof. Bitter. Party of one. You can't argue with that. You know, you you, you just can't argue with that. Uh, Fibo the man one says, biggest problem for Utah is Gobert is insane contract. It's it's just choking them. I agree. I think we say that regularly. Yep. Uh, Hilton, uh, Aptus Lopez says, it's time to cut bait with Gobert, albatross of a contract and all. Um, Jeremy Man. Bolton says, seriously, if Gobert wants the ball, uh, and since the season is a waste have the game plan where for one game, you give Rudy what he wants, feed him every time and see what happens. I mean, the best way to develop a guy is, is create practice habits and give him what, what, what you need to in a game. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of the conversation across sure. the roster. I mean, again, you know, if you're going to, cause it's a mindset thing, it's an edict from the front office to Quinn and, and the coaching staff and, and by extension, the players, Hey, that we're we're done with this season. The rest of this season is is hey, let's get guys like Jared Butler developing. Let's develop Rudy's game. Let's protect Don from injury. You know, like like that's what if, if that's what it's going to turn into. Then then I agree with that. But but you know, a lot of people want to reference what Rudy Gobert did in the Olympics, and he was dominating the U.S. early in that game, and and all that good stuff. But but at the end of the day, what what did it matter? And and that's what I think more than anything with Rudy Gobert, that's what he's got to figure out. His contribution uh, is damn near meaningless to this team on the offensive end because for him to have success, the Jazz have to shoot really poorly. So even if he has 20 or 25, what does that mean? Well, it means the Jazz shot, you know, 25% from three. So so if I'm Rudy Gobert, I'm trying to figure out a way to, to strengthen my offensive game so I can have more of an impact yeah. and have it be a positive impact. That's the difference. But pug- pugilist? Pugilist says, stop coughing and give away the Xbox already. Who the fuck are you? Well, thanks, uh, uh, Pugilist. I'll, I'll, I'll get right on that. Yeah, can you stop yeah. coughing? <laughs> I, yeah, I cough because I like to cough. Uh, my cough is much better today, by the way. Good. Yeah, I mean, it is. I agree. Much, much better. Yeah. By the way, we're giving away this Xbox Series X right here. All you have to do is hit subscribe. Um, I'm say this again. And also, by the way. We have a lot of people. We're down to two T-shirts. Yeah, man. Got to finish out these T-shirts. Isn't the artist back from vacay now? He is back from vacay today. We're supposed yep. to talk. Uh, the new uh, You're a Casual shirt drops. Uh, there's the T-shirt. Let me get a close-up of that. There's the T-shirt. We have XL and 2XL left. Um, if you buy a T-shirt, you get five entries for every one. You pretty much should do that today because we're at 29. Let me see how many subs we have on this here channel. 29.94. They're definitely real. 2,994 subscribers. Uh, when we get to 3,000, we're going to give this away the very next day. Let's go. So get please, on if you're in Salt Lake City, I'm begging you. We do not wish to ship this to the Philippines, Australia, uh, Belgium. We've got, we've picked up, I don't know how. Um, we've picked up some subscribers in Russia. 
We're we're big with the vodka drinkers, apparently. Um, go ahead and kick it down to you can DM me. Uh, the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. If you're listening on podcast uh, or live right here on YouTube, just DM me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Or you can just send $25 uh, to our Venmo, The Monty Show underscore on Venmo. Make sure you include your address uh, information where you want us to send the shirt. We ship shirts every Saturday. Every Saturday. Let's go. Um, oh, wow. Wait. Joe Rogan update coming. Oh, boy. Um, but we're giving away this Xbox. Also, by the way, we're giving away a PS5 um, on uh, TikTok. Yeah. There it oh, is. Oh, damn. That's a PS5. Woo. PS5. Got to drop that down a little bit, Stud. Oh, okay, dropping it down. All right, yep. there you go. Not my first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 8K, 4K, HDR gaming. Breathtaking immersion. On a PS5. Follow me on TikTok. That's all you have to do when we get to 5,000 followers on TikTok. We're going to give away that PS5. It's do pretty it. simple. It's pretty simple. Jeremy Bolton says, quote, unquote, they're definitely real. Jeremy Bolton's a bot, apparently. They're definitely real. So where is everybody listening from, by the way? Like, where is – I? and Garcy, where are you? Tanner? Yes, Americans. I think Tanner's local. <laughs> Jeremy – I think Jeremy Bolton's a U.S. American. You know <laughs> – Mr. E, where are you? Oh, Dax Johnson bro. says, hey, boys, finally bro. have a day off during the week. Dax Johnson is back. Afghanistan. Um, He's not in <laughs> Afghanistan. No, he's not. I don't blame Dart for choosing the SEC over BYU in the Big 12. BYU has to go <laughs> for all the big recruits they can. <clears throat> yeah, they do. I would agree with that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they do. Wow. Mr. E says, I'm from Brazil. Okay. Nice. Working nice. SLC, baby. And Garcy, you're in SLC. Nice to see you. Um, Tanner Plummer says, I'm listening from Orem. Jeremy Bolton says, Centerville, Utah, U.S. Yes, American. <laughs> there you go. Dax Johnson says, Provo. Go. Comrade says, Boston. Boston. Nice to see you, Comrade. Appreciate you. Um, real quick on Jackson Dark, because a lot of people have asked me about this. Um, while, while you're listening to me talk about Jackson Dart, make sure you look at our affiliate links below. Sold a bunch of ashwagandha. They're definitely real. I'm telling you, ashwagandha is legit. Line of cane and B12. Uh, if you are not an Amazon Prime member, they still have their 50% off deal. There's a link below in the description. Do it. If you're on podcast, it's also in the description. Everything from at-home COVID tests um, to our, our um, oh my, the vitamin C. Uh, emergency oh emergency the emergency powder packets yep shoot me now uh it's all below thank you jake appreciate the gunshot yeah uh as you, well as the uh protein bars we like like all of it's below in the description check it out uh slc p shooter says bluffdale edgar garcia says enterprise uh chris karn says casually listening from saratoga springs you're casual <laughs> <laughs> Juan Baracco says Uruguay making my Monday a little bit better Let's guys go. cheers hey Uruguay what's up uh Juan Baracco says can I win the Xbox if I'm from outside the U.S. you can we don't want you to US but, Americans. but you can't see yourself yeah <laughs> you know um you can uh what we do is we we have all of our subscribers in a bucket right and essentially what happens is we're just going to reach in that bucket and pull out a name maybe Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll win. Maybe you won't. 
Um, if you're in Uruguay, listen, if you're in Uruguay, I'd love to give you this Xbox. I don't want to pay the shipping. But good Do luck. Do you want to set up the meeting? Yeah, I would, I would encourage you to buy a shirt. That would probably help your chances. Five Just to saying. one entries for Just everybody saying. who buys a shirt. Just Is saying. there any G League players, three-point specialists, or free agents we can bring on? Probably not. Uh, Ortagas Center, Manila, Philippines is where Greg Hawkins is. Stop, Greg. Um, you should follow Greg on uh, on Instagram. The old Graham. Yeah, he's a really good follower. Graham. And he's a superstar in the Philippines. Um, Uruguay is the best. Lived in Paso de los Toros, Montevideo. They named a town after me in, in uh, Punta del Estes. Afghanistan. Not in Afghanistan. My name is not Cornwall Alley. Uh, ben Dwyer says, listening from Cardiff in Wales. Let's go Chelsea Football Club. Uh, Jack Dax Johnson says Mobamba Johnson Mobamba. Shout the Mobamba. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, it took me a minute there. Um, a lot of people are asking why Jackson Dart chose Ole Miss over BYU. Let's not get this twisted. It's not a personal affront that Jackson Dart chose Oxford, Mississippi over Provo, Utah. There's one very clear reason why he did that. Before we talk NFL playoffs, by the way. Um, the reason that Jackson Dart chose Ole Miss is because Michael Trigg is going there. They are, I've told you, and if you don't follow me on Twitter, you should. Um, I've tweeted this a thousand times, I feel like. Michael Trigg and Jackson Dart were always going to be a, a package deal. And Michael Trigg was not coming uh, to to Provo. He never yes. even, yeah, he never even visited. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you look at the way um, that this team is built. Um, Charlie Weiss Jr. is the offensive coordinator. They are going to feature Jackson Dart. Um, they play a wide-open style of offense. Lane Kiffin is a an absolute gambler when it comes to play calling. I mean, they're going to get after it. And when you look at Jackson Dart and you look at Michael Trigg and you look at the package that they're able to build together, um, I don't think it's any kind of mystery as to why um, they're, they chose Ole Miss. I mean, the talent... Um, that is going into, um, you know, that's going into Oxford this year. I mean, Zach Evans, number 16 from the class of 2020, is going to Old Miss. Um, you know, like he, he is a guy that is a game changer. Yeah. And you add Trigg, you add Jackson Dart, you add Zach Evans. Like now your offense is dynamic, but the overreaching reason that these three kids chose uh, Old Miss over BYU is very simple that every game you play at Old Miss is is a championship game. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're playing, you know, Comanche State Technical Institute or if you're playing Alabama. This is Coach Saban. Yeah, because every game that you play in the SEC has massive college football playoff implications. Yeah. What's the difference between a one-loss team and a two-loss team? A lot. A huge amount. And if you are a one- or two-loss SEC team – you're probably got a real good shot to get into the the college football playoff. If you are a one or two loss BYU team this coming season, you're going to have to make your case. Going into the Big 12 is very simple. It's going to be a huge ramp up. Yeah. It's going to probably take 3 to 5 years to build a talent base to be able to compete. Oh, by the way, what's going to happen to the SEC? Here's the other interesting argument we had on Twitter over the weekend. Everybody says, well, you said 10 years ago that there was going to be a super conference. And what I said was Texas was looking to get out of the Big 12. Well, now Texas and Oklahoma are going to the SEC, forming a super conference. Wow. I'm telling you now. 
that Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC is transformative. And it is very difficult to overlook the fact that Jackson Dart is going to have a leg up on Texas and Oklahoma. And for the next three years, the guy's going to be one of the most, probably one of the most talked about, watched quarterbacks in all of college football because he plays in the SEC, he plays for Lane Kiffin, and Ole Miss is on the rise. There's no doubt about that. Yes. So the thing on Twitter over the weekend was how personal BYU fans took it that Jackson Dart chose Ole Miss over BYU. You'd have done the same thing. Yeah. He wanted to go to BYU, but there was just not cause. There was no reason for him to do that. Yeah. You know, like he's walking into Ole Miss, one of the, the hottest programs in the SEC, as the starting quarterback with one of his best friends in Michael Trigg, and you add Zach Evans into that, there's no reason for him to go to BYU. I didn't sleep for the past two nights because of this. I was that upset. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Who's, who's the best young quarterback in the NFL right now? Joe Burrow. Not even going to hesitate. Not even a hesitation. Win-loss win loss stat sheet says it's Joe Burrow. Okay. You win an arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. Okay. I'm just saying. Nice. Juan Baraka says, I'm coming to SLC in, in April. I'll pick up, I'll pick it up myself then, and we can use the shipping money for a barbecue. I like it. Chris Carn says, guys, 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 <laughs> winning is really easy. I oh, want you boy. to listen to me. Here comes the Joe Burrow slurp fest. Let it rain. Yeah, hey. Hey, hey. guys, guys, guys. Do you are you really in love with Joe Burrow? Hey. Hey. Why why do you why? Dude, Joe Burrow is a stud. More power to Jackson Dart. BYU's got a very good has a very good quarterback anyways. Would have been great for competition, but BYU's going to be okay. Plus Jaron Hall's mom is way more attractive than Jackson Dart's mom. I don't even know what she looks like. Well, you know, Ursan Ilyasova <laughs> or Kyle Korver. Stop it. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I would have loved to see LSU take Jackson Dart just for the announcement video he would have had to do with Brian Dude, Kelly. <laughs> seriously. Y'all feel me? How about Brian Bro. Kelly doing like the, the dancing thing? Just uh, Brian Kelly. Stop. I'm so glad he's not. A, 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 I really don't care if you think it's us. My we the fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We have rid ourselves of that jerk. Yeah. Brian Kelly. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert. No. Mr. Hebert. Yeah. Is the best young quarterback in football. The most accomplished young quarterback? Smoking Joe Burrow. Hello? Dude, I, my computer's tripping, dog. I, I don't know. I spent 10 grand I on did, a rocket dude. ship. I did, and now it just um, it won't it won't look, play look anything at, today. Look I would at say it's Joe Burrow. Exciting. Uh-huh. You know, I think if you would have told me yeah. Before the season that we'd be going to the Super Bowl, I probably wow. would have called you crazy. But then, Man. you know, we played a whole season and not job. You know, nothing surprises me now. I know the yeah, kind we of guys that we have and the team that we have. So, yeah, you know, there's there's still one left. We're excited about this one, but yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we'll celebrate tonight and then move on. Yeah, celebrate tonight. Pounding box, smoking cigars. They're definitely real. You know what I'm saying? I think <laughs> I make too much money to have fake ones, so. Yeah, you know these are real. Implants are <laughs> implants are expensive. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the second question? <laughs> I, I forgot the second question. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't. James Knight says my guy Josh Green from Dallas would be a great addition for the Jazz. No. Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Tanner Plummer says, "Hey guys, guys, are you in love with Joe Burrow?" LOL. Yep. yep. Put a headband on, buddy. Let's go. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Um, Stud. You'd hit that. Oh, yeah. Oh, long. yeah. Um, 
Dax Johnson said, Dax Johnson. Yes! Super excited for the Super Bowl. As a Bronco fan, I would love for Von Miller to get another ring. What an addition that guy is. You know what's awesome about the Rams? Beyond the fact that, you know, they're the Rams. Um, they're it, definitely real. Yeah. Uh, is that <laughs> Aaron Donald and Von Miller didn't do a thing that entire game until their last snap of the game. Yep. When Aaron Donald got in, Von Miller did a great job keeping, um, you know, what's his assignment being assignment sound football because they knew all they had to do was get to Jimmy G one time. Yeah. He didn't allow Jimmy Garoppolo to run around the end. Yeah. Kept him in grasp of Aaron Donald. Yep. And then he did what Jimmy G does, which is make a terrible decision on third down. And flipped the ball up in the air and it got intercepted. It just and as you was. can see, there's not much hope for you left. Yeah. Jake, where's the yes drop from? It is from the Charlotte Hornets play-by-play guy. Yes! It was on an alley-oop to Kelly Oubre. <laughs> and Kelly Oubre goes up for it. It's a wild. I think it was Terry Rozier threw an alley-oop like almost over his head to Kelly Oubre. And he doesn't even say Kelly Oubre's name. He's like, Terry Rozier throws the alley-oop. And you, yeah! <laughs> and you see, you see Oubre coming in and Oobs just hammers that thing. Yes. And he doesn't even say, oh, what a dunk. He just simply says, yeah! it's amazing. It is amazing. It's incredible. It is amazing. So uh, I love that, that, that yeah. call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, do. he's, he's, I mean, he's, you know, he's okay, but he's, when he gets all fired up, that's the best part of his game. Best young quarterback in the NFL. I would agree. You have to say it's Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert um, certainly comes to mind. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of potential for these young guys to dominate the league. I want to say Baker Mayfield. No, he's just not in that cut anymore. And Where are we I, at on Kyler Murray? I don't know. I think Kyler absolutely melted down. And we're going to have to see what Arizona does. I mean, the, the Super Bowl is in their stadium next year. I mean, Tampa won it in Tampa last year. The Rams are going to play at SoFi this year. Yep. Um, but you know what? I, I think Kyler's interesting. You know what? I, I think, you know, you know who's going to have to have a real big year this year is Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is in a, in a, is in a tipping point in his career. Yeah. Um, they've been disappointing. And if I'm Russell Wilson, I'm looking to get out of there. And I'm looking to go to a major market. I'm looking to go somewhere where I can have a huge impact. I'm looking to get to a Tampa to replace Tom Brady. I'm looking to get to, you know, a lot of people linked him with the Las Vegas Raiders, with the Chicago Bears. Yeah. You know, like if, if if you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers winds up leading Green Bay, I could see them making a run at a major veteran replacement because, frankly, the Packers don't have depth at quarterback. But my point is, I think there's a lot of guys right now with with Tom Brady retiring, I think there's a lot of quarterback talent in the NFL right now that can step into his place. Yes. And I don't think anybody ever wins seven rings again. And if Tom Brady's truly retired, who knows? But by all accounts, he's truly he's retiring. If he truly is done, I don't know who the best quarterback in the NFL is. Yeah, I don't think everyone's going to say it's Aaron Rodgers, but I, I – I can't get down with that, dude. Uh, best regular season quarterback, maybe, but maybe I Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it is. Shortcomings are becoming too much. I think I, I think you're right, and I think when I look across the NFL, and I mean, you think about the 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 teams right now that are leading the way. Like, 
I mean, Josh Allen certainly has to be in this conversation. What about Mac Jones? Where are we at on Mac Jones? I think Mac Jones is wildly unproven. We have no idea. I mean, Josh McDaniels getting hired by the Raiders, um, I think, is a huge question mark for 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 New England. Yeah. I mean, how do you replace that guy who's been with Bill Belichick for a decade? I, I don't know. You don't. Um, I think I, I look at – How long does Bill Belichick have left? I don't know. Probably three to five years. What about Zach Wilson in, in New York? I mean, you have no idea what that kid is as a Jets quarterback. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what the Steelers are going to do. Um, Man, that's a good opportunity. It really is. What about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, I mean, he's shown something. He just things. got such an unfair shake his first season. He really dude. did. I mean that. I mean, he you're, really you're, did. You're talking about being, you know, absolutely set up to fail. So I don't really. I'm not ready to pass judgment on on Trevor. Here. But I think the other guy we're leaving out of this is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. But yeah. I mean, the way he's played at times this season really brings into question his ability to carry the mantle as the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, and you're getting beat at home too. That's yeah. the thing. It's not like you're going on the road and and you're just losing these hard fought games. I mean, he did, and and I'm not going to sit here and say that that he you know didn't contribute to them losing, but but he oh, did man. put up a performance in the first half, and they go down three Those times in a row. Those two interceptions, but are, then you, the the you decision to throw the ball on the goal line there at the end of the first half. Yeah, that clearly was not where the ball was supposed to go. That was I mean, that was not a smart decision on his part. And, and I think that's the entirety of the list. I mean, the the quarterbacks in the NFC, there there's not I mean, like who's the best quarterback in the NFC? I mean, I guess you could ar argue that it's it's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Matt Stafford has played some really good quarterback in this postseason. Um Kyler Murray certainly has to be in that conversation, but I mean, it's not Jimmy Garoppolo, I can tell you that. Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa, Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota. Like, there's huge question marks. You look at the Giants, the Washington football team, Philly, Dallas with Dak Prescott. Like, there's not a great quarterback in the NFC, in my opinion. Agreed. And I and if Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers stays, and maybe that's the right way to say it. If Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, obviously Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFC in the regular season. Cause I don't want that guy quarterback in my football team in the postseason. No, they just don't win. And I think, you know, while we're on this, cause I know, you know, we got to keep moving here, but I, I, I think Matt Stafford deserves a ton of credit for what he's done. I mean, again, let's not forget he spent, what did he spend a decade in Detroit? What was it like? I mean, yeah. something like that, you know, in that realm of time. And, and I think the beatings he took and all the injuries and all the, I mean, think just about the journey. The, think about the snaps. He will never get back in Detroit, but yet he's here and he's doing his damn job. I mean, I, you know, I, I just think that, that he's done such you a know, great job, man. And not to be a jerk about this. This goes back to the Donovan Mitchell conversation. Yeah. Do you toil in Detroit with the lions or do you, do you do, do you, Get your way out of there. But is it, it so? The first question in that example, though, is is it fair to compare the, you know, the Jazz to what the Lions were? Because the Lions were embarrassingly bad. I mean, that's. I'm a, not comparing. Let me get this clear. I'm not comparing the Utah Jazz to the Detroit Lions. No way. Two different teams. Way better organization in Utah. Not a question. I'm comparing not winning. Mm -hmm. I'm comparing wasting. Wasting days of your career. Yeah, Don's definitely doing that right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I he does not right now. Can you honestly sit here and say the Utah Jazz have a clear path to the NBA Finals? No. No. I think they're going to be lucky not to be in the playoff this year, the playoff tournament, the play-in tournament, whatever you want to call play -in, it. Play-in, yeah. 
that's toiling. Yeah, the seven to ten seeds. And the difference is, and this is really where the rubber meets the road on Gobert versus Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert cannot push to New York. Rudy Gobert cannot push to be a Laker. Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, mm -hmm. Donovan Mitchell can play with any team in this league and they want him. Uh -huh. Any team in this league, they want him. He's paid reasonably. He's a really good talent. And I feel like you could develop him. Yeah. But that's just me. Greg Hawkins says, maybe Matt Ryan is the best in the NFC. It's difficult. My Giants have Daniel Jones, not the answer for us. We'll see. Yeah, I don't think right now there is a best in the NFC. I mean, Matt Stafford is the best based on, you know, winning. But I think, you know, when you look at total package of quarterback and who can do what and take you where, like, I'm not sure that there's a clear cut, you know, guy right now. Yeah, Tanner Plummer says, I feel bad for Andy Reid. He's one of the best coaches in NFL history, and yet he's only three and six in championship games. But do you feel bad for a guy who gets there and loses more than he wins? LeBron. I don't feel bad for LeBron. No. I don't. Uh, James Knight says, the NFL is such an overrated code. Bores me to death. Overpaid toss bags. Okay. Well, I mean, that's your opinion, bro. I mean, the NFL is, yeah. Yeah, Kama Red says, unproven on Jones is a great word. Loved his, comp his complete level, but has a whole lot to prove he can win at this level totally agree with that ebay sofa surfer what's up bud good to see you could the bears sign air stop it chris karn why do you you're oh. casual chris don't ever speak to me about aaron Rodgers being a chicago bear again i want you to listen to me now if you want to talk about him being an arlington heights bear i mean that's a conversation we can have i'm gonna say this again <laughs> i do i will i would give up my fanhood I would not be a Bears fan if Aaron Rodgers was on that team. Honest to God, I would not. I mean, I think you've done a great job hiring a coach. I think you've done a good job hiring a general manager. I don't want to hear about Aaron Rodgers as a head coach. Yeah, I've been immunized. Go get, go get, go get the best quarterback coach, OC minds, offensive minds that you can get. Develop Justin Fields until he turns into Mitchell Trubisky. You're Aaron fucking Rodgers. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I don't, yeah. you know, eBay, the sofa surfer says, I'm really happy for Matt Stafford. He deserves it. We talked about that yesterday during the game. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, him and his hot wife deserve to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. Can you believe D lock of locked on jazz actually said winning a championship isn't everything. Well, when you work for a team that is spiraling out of championship contention, of course, winning a championship is not everything. I think David Locke does a very nice job for the team. Okay, Jeremy Bolton. Monty, if you were guaranteed the Bears winning a Super Bowl, but it had to be with Aaron Rodgers, would you do it? Nope. Come on, man. Bullet. Bullet. We were talking about playing this game before the show started. Bullet. One or the other. You got to take your grandma or your aunt. Bullet. Aaron Rodgers and winning a Super Bowl or a bullet. bullet <laughs> since we're talking about qbs i'm still not sold on jalen hurts dude guy bro no guys 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 tanner he's fine he's fine he does what you need him to do he's not why you lost he's a bum sean mirzinski says tanner i kind of disagree totally 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 disagree all right, should we talk about male cock pills? Yeah. So, yeah. Jake is, yeah. um, wow. Jake is. Yeah. have you said I love you yet? No. You haven't? Nope. 
Have you thought about it? Nope. I'm not doing not it. Not one time. Not doing it. <clears throat> so you're going to make her say it first? No. <clears throat> no, I didn't say that either. We're just not there yet. That's the best way I can describe it. We're not How there How long yet. have you guys been together? Um, Like two months. Since officially getting together or since you... How long have you known her? Uh, Like three months. Officially together, like a month and a half. Okay. It's a little early. Could be. Jaguars will interview former Raider coach Rich Bisaccia for their head coaching vacancy. Never. Very Jaguars of you. Very Jaguars. Jaguars. So we were talking about birth control last night. Right. That's what we do. We sit around and we talk about birth control. Right. Would you take male birth control? I have never taken steroids. <laughs> now, I personally believe, you know, in lidocaine and B12 for yeah. the pain. Lidocaine and B12. You know, like, let me just inject that right into the, no. Let's I want not. you to listen to me. Needles in your penis. Not a good no, conversation. No, I'm good. Anyway, um, this show has taken a hard left turn. <clears throat> no pun intended with hard. Give us a thumbs up if you're here oh right God. now. <laughs> yes. No pun intended. Give us a thumbs up if you're here right now. Please, it really helps the channel grow. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. You have a chance to win this uh, Xbox Series X sitting in front of us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes, Stever. What? Um, and I should say Steve. There's only one Stever, and I don't know where he is. God bless his soul. Stever is our old Special Forces guy who I've not heard from in months. Um, he he says, great. From Daniel, my, from Daniel Jones and my Giants to Dick Pills. Exactly right. Um, no, this is not dick pills. This is, uh, not 1280 the zone. We don't talk dick pills. Uh, what we do do <laughs> is we talk about male birth control. Oh man. Um, dude. do you, would you do it? No, nah. I would never do it. No. Nah. And I'm not a fan of, um, Oh, Quentin Moyer. Do tell my girl gave me, Whoa, my girl gave me an erection pill without telling me. No, that's what it was. She thought it was the funniest thing ever. What's an erection? Good. Bro, how long God. did it last? Are you Are we serious? talking about hours here? Or what's going on? Okay, first of all, she date raped you? I need deets. I need the dirt, bro. Okay, if a girl gives you a Viagra without telling you? Linocaine and B12. Would you be upset about that? Um, Yeah, I'd be a little upset about that. Not, but I'd be using it the duration. Oh, yeah. I mean, My bro, God. if you're going to do that to me, then we're getting it on. Let's go. We're getting it on because, uh, you But know. here's the problem with male birth control. Yeah. It's, and I don't mean there's a now a male birth control pill. My wife just out of the out of the blue yesterday night. We're sitting here watching Joe Ingles on the ground writhing in pain, and she's like, <coughs> "Hey, um, honey, uh, um, Jake, would you take male birth control, Bruh. I'm like, "What? Go hogs!" No, Quentin Moyer says it lasted one to two hours. My damn, yes, let's son, go! Wow. Uh, he says I wasn't upset. Honestly, it was funny. Okay. I'm for real. I like it. Um, honey. <laughs> and she's like, would you take male birth control? Are you out of your goddamn mind? And Jake's like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, my first answer was, what's a condom for? Yeah. But then I started looking into it. And it, it the reason that I have always said no to it is the same reason I wish that women wouldn't take birth control. One, I mean, let's repopulate the earth, baby. No, let's not. Uh, one, it changes your hormones. So in guys, it reduces the level of your testosterone Bro, in the blood. Bro, what are we doing, dude? Hell no. Bro, have you not seen the bench press videos? I got to lift weights, dog. Big Daddy's got... Uh, Big Daddy. <laughs> what do you bench? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Like, I can't believe that yeah. dudes would take male birth control pills to lower their testosterone. No. No, I'm not doing it. By the way, do you know what the can, – can you guess? Just give me one guess. What do you think the big – I'll read that comment in a minute. What do you think the biggest side effect is? Something chemical. I mean, it has to be moods or – I mean, something related to that, right? Yes. I mean, that has to be because that's what birth control does. I mean, it, you're you're – you're changing. That's in the side effects. And like, so I don't know. Is that the biggest side effect? No, know. it shrinks your balls. No. <laughs> yes, it does. Dude, come yes, on. Yes, it does. Come on. One bro. of the side effects of male birth control is it can shrink your testicles. I want you to listen to me. Dude. Don't take male birth control. I'm going to say this again. Don't bro, take male birth on, control. Dude. Jake uh, Tanner says, guys, guys. Jake, would you take uh, male birth control? LOL, wow, you thought my questions were stupid. I have never taken steroids. Well, it's actually a legitimate question because you're in the dating world. Yeah. I mean, and I, I'm not. I'll never take male birth control. Have you guys talked about how many kids you want? Um, Yeah, we have. Yeah. Okay. And is she looking to field a football team? Or? She's not. It's going to be tough to get one. It's going to be tough. It is. Yeah, it's going to be tough. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Wow. But. Um, okay. If you have Greg Hawkins dropping major, major, major knowledge. If you have huge balls in a small <laughs> member, it could actually be a good thing. Make you more proportional. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, in, in, you know, and stuff and togetherness and, and got to go up a size and boxer shorts and, you know, yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out. Yeah. <laughs> I am not doing, <laughs> listen. I thankfully don't have this problem. Right. Okay. But I'm just saying I'm not doing anything that's going to cause me to have to do something. Yeah. You know. You know, I'm not. Uh, no. I've never understood this. I think that's HIPAA. And w female birth control is terrible. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, again, to get back to the point, why do we need all this birth control? Like, we don't yeah. need it, bro. Use the rhythm method. Like, how tough is it, dude? Well, the rhythm Damn. method is difficult. That's how you got here. Damn. Anyway, the point is, the point is. The point is, uh, shrinking your boys makes the rest look bigger. Does it really? I think that's HIPAA. Yeah, I think that is HIPAA. W won this week's episode of Sack Chat. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Sack Chat. Uh, male birth control, never. No, no, dude, I'm not doing it, bro. I'm not doing I, it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not altering or lowering my testosterone levels. I'm not... I'm not. I'm just not about it. I'm not doing it, dude. Uh, Kevin says this is why I come to this show. Where do you get this shit? <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. There we go. We. There I, we I'm go. telling you, we don't make any money on this show, but it is so much fun. <laughs> like last night, we were sitting around watching football. We made nachos for dinner. Homemade yeah. nachos on the smoker. Yeah. And we're sitting around talking about topics. And Mrs. I'm a Monty, fucking unit. Yeah. And Mrs. Monty's like, "Hey, man." Uh, Oh, uh, hey, guys, guys, guys. Um, Hey, guys, guys, guys. Would you take male birth control? Not a good question. She came up with it. <laughs> you know. Just out of the blue. And I'm like, no. Oh, James. Hassan Whiteside is clearly taking male birth control. He has no balls at all. Oh. Wow. And Garcy says, I'm 0 for 3 in pullouts. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Come on, man. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <clears throat> Tanner says, field a football team. <laughs> LOL, nice, Monty. <laughs> well, it's true. Your last girlfriend was, was <clears throat> she was much more of a baseball team. <clears throat> right. 
but whatever, dude. Yeah, I no, I mean, my girlfriend is not about having like five kids. She wants to be out in the world, seeing things, doing things. I mean, that's that's where she's at with it. So you know, I think we'll be agreeable on one. But you know what I think is interesting is the conversation of how many kids should you have because. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really worries me is the, the population of the earth. I think that we have, we have just by, you know, like repro, you know, like planting seeds and repopulating the earth and procreatorial activity. Right. I mean, we've used so much of the earth's, you know, resources just on population. <laughs> so, and I am not for telling somebody, Hey, you, you, you know, I'm going to cut the cord at one kid. Like, I'm not for government telling me how to do anything in my life, frankly. Yeah, this isn't this isn't China or whatever. Whoever, no, whatever. Yeah. but what I'm saying is I think we have to be more responsible with how many kids we have. We tend to, especially in our community here in Utah, where we value children and family so much. I U.S. Just, Americans. Yeah, I think we have to be careful with that, you know. Um, you know, Hib says, are you guys homies, lovers, or father and son? Yes. <laughs> yeah, don't judge me. No, um... Kona says hello. What's up, Kona? Hib. What's up, dude? Uh, Jake is my son. Um, <laughs> Tanner says, "Uh oh, I think Mrs. Monty has a touch of the Tanneritis. She may the Tanneritis. Guys, guys, guys. honey, 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 <laughs> honey, honey. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, so I, I don't. I think it's an interesting conversation. Dating has changed so much through the yeah. pandemic. Yeah, so much through the pandemic. Yeah, that I, I think that." population flows and ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Well, and I think when you look at the total landscape of decision-making for people my age, I mean, you're you're literally making a decision of, okay, how am I going to try to afford a house right now? And then if I want to have kids, how am I going to afford to do that? Like, you know, the total package of life decisions is not great right now. So, so Jeff sends me a DM that says, please don't read this on the show. So instantly we're going to read it on the show. Um, Jeff says, I too use the rhythm method as a, as a younger man. I have five kids. Okay. I won't read that part. Um, but he basically says I have five kids. Uh Um, and it's greatly impacted the, how do I rephrase this? He essentially has said, I would think twice about it Mm -hmm. again, if I could go back because it's greatly impacted his life. Right. Yeah, of course. And one of the reasons I only have one child, Jake, mm-hmm. is my only child. Yeah. The the reason I only have one is because I I admittedly I'm selfish. I I want to travel. I want to have a house. I want to have Here's a nice the car. Game plan. You know what? Like think about think about your life. I mean, I I know a guy. I know who, a guy. I know a guy who's got seven kids, Ooh. and he's never bought himself a nice car. I know. I work with a guy who's got five kids. Yeah. And is paycheck to paycheck. And we, excellent strategy and sir. we are we are not it's not that we are underpaid we live well we are paid well and he is living paycheck to paycheck trying to buy a house yeah because he's got five kids and he yeah. can't afford to buy a house yeah man and it, it is the way that the world is working these days man it's expensive to have it's expensive to have just the median you know two and a half kids and a dog with a picket fence and no gate because you yeah. can't afford the gate yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it the way the world works, it is really expensive. Yeah. So I, I think that when you're looking when you're, you know, in your 20s or wherever you are age wise and you make the decision to have kids. What I say is you better look forward yeah. and understand, hey, where's the world trending to? What are we thinking? Where are we going? 
because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people who just cannot sustain three, four, five kids. Yeah, it's and, too much. You know, if 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 it's a tough conversation, man, because obviously here in in Utah with the prominence of the LDS faith, I mean, Utahns value three, four, five kids. And living in Daybreak, living in South Jordan, I I live around million dollar homes that are five, six, seven bedrooms, finished basements, and you know you have long driveways with basketball hoops and soccer nets, and it's great to have. I got to tell you, one of the things I love about living here is there are fields of kids playing soccer and football, and yeah, they're out. We were watching yesterday, sitting on a couch watching football. They were playing, you know, hockey with basketballs, and like yeah. it's fun. And I actually, I think I said yesterday, I miss being a kid. Yeah. Like, I just think right now with where the world is at, it's tougher now than it's ever been to, to live that, that traditional path, which is, you know, go to school, get your first job, yeah. buy a house, have kid, like, I'm, you know, save for retirement. That path is just broken, dude. I mean, it's just not, it is not like down yeah. the street from, you know, relatively down the street from where you live, this, this place was, you know, this townhouse or whatever was just sold for a ridiculous amount over asking price and it's like dude like the the numbers that are being done in the housing market right now are, are ridiculous and i just think it's not, unbelievable not to get into a whole like hey where's the real estate market at conversation but just when you look at you know okay kids and buying a house and affording gas and food and you know like clothes and bro, school and like, sports damn, fees dude, and like how much man like and that's yeah. what i don't want i've always operated from the position of i don't want to lose the freedom i have and it's like damn like you know again like five kids i mean that's a burden bro in the the for me it it lifestyle wise i want to travel i want to snowboard i want to i want to lift i want to do whatever i want to do i want to go to the lakers and jazz game in la in two weeks i want to you know like that that's tough it is expensive to live as just a, a husband and wife yeah you know, like, in, and you, you were talking about, we follow real estate very closely. We're picking up income properties and flipping. And, you know, we were looking at a property in South Jordan. And, I mean, it was $100,000 over value. And it sold in two days for $100,000 over market value. And imagine trying to, imagine having just three kids. So you need a minimum, let's say you have two girls and a boy. And then there's you and your wife. You need a minimum of three bedrooms. In most of Utah right now, that's probably $500,000. If you're buying a single family home, that's probably half a million bucks. So much, man. It's a lot of money. Um, Quentin Moyer says, I'll take maybe two. Kona said, I don't think I could handle five kids. I'm telling you, once you have three, you only got two hands. So once you have your third kid, now you're chasing. Somebody's on a leash or somebody's in a backpack. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't yeah, know how dude. else you do I, it. I don't. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. You know, That's James tough. Knight says there are many out there who would regret they didn't settle um, for oral pleasure. LOL. Jeff Johnson. Says, Johnson. Oh, James, I love you, man. Was a lot easier to afford a few kids 10 years ago than it is today. Oh, my God. And see, that's what I'm saying. And so then, you know, the, on the other side of this, too, it's like we start having this conversation about, okay, well, you know, hey, bro, like you don't own a home. You don't have any kids. Like, what are you doing yeah. with your life? You know, and, and I feel whatever like, I want. And I and, and but I, but that pisses people off. I mean, I love I personally love that answer. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. I, that, I would love it to be like that till the day I die. But people don't like that answer for some reason. It, it upsets people. Hey, well, what are you doing? Whatever I want. 
Is that a problem? But think about the life we live. You know, like if we had, let's say that I had four kids, you had three siblings. A, my life would be very different. I don't even know that I'd be here right now. No, probably not. Um, I would not own multiple homes. I would not be going to L.A., Hawaii, and Norway in the next year. Like, I, like you just – it's a different life. When you have four kids, you are committed to their prosperity. Yeah. You know, and when, when Jake was growing up, that's all, I, that's all I cared about. You never wanted for anything. Like, you played baseball. You played regular high school ball, travel ball. Like, you never wanted for anything. You always had everything you needed. And I think that's what, as parents, we have to do. Because raising kids anymore is not an 18-year job. I don't no. know that it's ever been, by the way. But raising kids anymore is not 18 years and then you're, you're free. It's not a prison sentence. It's a calling. It's a way of life. And I think people don't look at it that way, unfortunately. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, I have three kids, all two years apart. But going from two to three was way more difficult than I thought. Isn't it crazy how the, the jump from two kids to three... And it also depends on, hey, do you have two girls or two boys or a boy and a girl? Like having three boys that are two years apart would just be hellacious. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually know somebody that has triplet boys and it is it is incredibly difficult on her. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, I, I I'll pass. man, Jeremy, good, good, good on you. Quentin Moyer says they used to live right next to Daybreak. Every family over there has like six kids. True. Yeah. And that's True. the crazy thing. I don't know where I mean, with all due respect to these people, I don't know where they're getting their money. I don't get it. I mean, how do you have six kids and you're able to afford, you know, uh, whatever size, you know, 3,000 square foot home in South Jordan? Well, think about the houses that are going up on the island in daybreak. Yeah, those are million dollars. Those are million Easy. dollar homes, 5,000 square feet. I don't know that I could afford the electric bill on that place. Imagine that. Chris Carn says four kids. I'm blessed that finances are okay, but uh, time is hard to find. Yeah. But that's that's your calling in life. You know, you have four kids. Your time is not your own. You know, your your you know, how many days of work does your wife give away or do you give away, you know, especially during covid when your kids have been out of school and it's just wearing you out as a parent. You know, I mean, it is the parenting game has changed during during the pandemic. for yeah. Sure. Um, Jeff says my kid got sick a few years ago back when we were looking to buy a house. And with just six years later, we probably won't ever be able to buy one. Uh, now, man, tough stuff. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible, bro. I wish you well. I know how difficult that can be. Kay Nuren says, my friend has 10 children. Whew. Dude, bro, what are you? Top ramen? Bro. Mac and cheese? Apples? I don't I, know I what, can't you, even fathom what you're doing. That, dude. Um, Jake, it's called being in massive debt. It is. Yeah, I'm not about that. I don't have debt. I don't do debt. Not like that. You want to You want to inquire? You want to incur debt to make more money? Okay, I can get down with that. Yeah, if you're here, please give us a, a thumbs up, hit like. It uh, really helps the channel grow. I just don't know how you process that. I don't like. We're buying this condo. Um, one of the real estate properties we're picking up is a is a condo, and one of the interesting things we did is we did an inspection on it, and the inspection went really well. There was a, a water leak they had last year. They only owned it for eighteen months, but. There was a water leak they had last year, and it 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 just brings you back and makes you think like, think about if you have you know if you're Kay's friend who has ten kids, yeah, think about this, ten kids and you have a major water leak in your home and you have a thousand dollar deductible with your homeowner's insurance. Yeah, that's a thousand bucks that wasn't in the budget. I mean, think about how difficult that is. Yeah, are you? I'm excited about this condo we're picking up. I yeah. feel like it's a really good investment. Yeah, we need to. We're we're gonna get the contractor out there, see what's what. You know, do some remodeling. 
Yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I am. We had to negotiate hard on that. It, it, just buying a condo and investment property is so much more money these days. It is amazing. Buying a home used to be the American dream. Yeah. Like if you're an American, college degree. What did we grow up thinking? College. Yes, Americans. Yeah, college degree. You know, buying a home, getting married, golden retriever, white picket fence, two kids. You know, Jimmy and Jenny playing baseball on the weekends, saving for retirement. I mean, can you think about how how has the American dream changed? I think it's changed significantly. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the. It used to be, and Gary Vaynerchuk says this all the time, and I and I think it's got some credence to it. Uh, he he is a lot of people think Gary V hates college, and that's not true. Mm-hmm. What he doesn't like is going to college just for the sake of it, going to college just because that's what everybody does. Yes, you need to go and get a college degree and go that path if you're in medical or you're a lawyer or like you know you're in one of those sort of fields, but. But the average person nowadays with the with the Internet and how far information has come, the interwebs, the the, the average person can get all the information and education they need online without having to go into like one hundred thousand dollars of debt. And, you know, it's so funny, like I think so many people don't talk about the fact that, you know, their student loans have they haven't been asked to pay those, you know, the last year and a half because of covid and I, and i think you know when i look at again i operate from the standpoint of i don't want to lose my flexibility i don't and and i don't want to lose the ability to you know trade cars in and buy houses and go on trips and and do all that i don't and and i just think that you know the college path is 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 uh it's old now unless you're a doctor or like a lawyer yeah. or something you got to go a different route now I think it's tough to make your way in life. I mean, it is. I worry about your your kids. I worry about your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, like, my, what is the world going to be like in 10 years from right now? Well, I think the thing is now, I mean, if I had a kid, I would be my mission would be to teach them how to make money and, and not and do that in a way where they don't have to incur a ton of debt. That that's what I would be. I think I would encourage my child to be a free thinker because I think free thinking these days is becoming at a, a premium. Yeah. And I think you have to be fiercely independent to really thrive in our in our world. And, you know, one of the things that's so interesting is I was talking to a, a guy at work the other day who, um, you know, frankly, is is teetering on. Am I going to make it here or not? Right. When you're in a performance position, you either make it or you break it. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, what people think of him. And, and it's like. Once you get out from the weight of the, the what people think, your life becomes so much simpler. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I, I know I talk about this a lot, but just encourage your kids to not care what people think. You know, we they, they're going to – man, they're going to face so much criticism and so much bullying and so much peer pressure. I would just encourage you not to care what they think. Not to care what other people think. Mm-hmm. You know, just – Really, it's true. Really build their confidence because I think it's hugely important. Anyway, by the way, the other thing we talked about last night is the pandemic ending. Do you think we're in a position where the pandemic's ending? I, uh, I don't. I mean, I guess that really depends on how you define, you know, the pandemic and and what your your thoughts are on. It. I mean, my thoughts would just be that you know, yeah. I mean, there hasn't been a new variant past Omicron yet, which is kind of interesting. 
Um, you know, obviously Omicron is still spreading and doing its thing, but I think we're at a point now where, you know, and, and we were talking about this last night. Like for me, I'm like, yeah, man, like I, the, I don't worry from a life and death standpoint about coronavirus at this point because of the vaccinations and because, um, you know, I'm healthy, I'm active. Like I'm not somebody who has a lot to worry about with it. Now that said, it doesn't mean I want to get it. Just like I don't want to get, you know, the flu or influenza yeah, yeah. or anything else. I, like, obviously, I don't want to get it. But I think we're at this point where we've kind of we've worked through the pandemic. We've survived. We've done everything we need to do. Now we're kind of at this line in the sand where we're eventually going to have to step over that line and just accept the fact that COVID is going to be here for a long time, just like anything else that we deal with. But if it is endemic, like, you know, if we are now at the point where the damage that coronavirus does is very similar to the flu and that it it is going to kill a small percentage of people but if you are vaccinated you really don't have much to worry about which is what they're seeing in africa now frankly i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that that's where we're going yeah um and i hope so i'm ready for this to be over you know i miss things like rock concerts i miss things like you know we're talking about going the jazz are in la we're going to la for two weeks um, and we, yes, we will be doing. We will shows. be doing the show every day, by the way. But um, the Jazz are in LA, and we're talking about going to Crypto.com Arena, Staples Center. Yeah, it's Staples Center. Uh, to see the the Lakers and the Jazz, and we were like, "Is that safe? Does that make a lot of sense?" And I, I I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. But if we're if we're heading for the end of the pandemic, you know, I just the thing that I'll need to play basketball and live life the way that we that we used to, if that ever happens, the rate of infection that leads to hospitalization will need to be down. Hospitalizations will need to be down significantly. Uh-huh. And if that happens, I'm happy to to go back and live a normal life. I miss it every single day. You know, it, it just I miss it. Uh, Jeff Johnson says uh, I tested pom- positive for your momicron. Well. You know, I, I mean, I think that that, that is, is a, a disease. It is a it is a highly infectious disease. There's no doubt about that. The hey. coronavirus. Uh, and Garcy says two used Lexus is a four bedroom shoebox of a house. Three dog trampoline single income. That's the American dream. Yeah. Uh, Quentin Moyer says my neighbor used to own a dentist's office, has five kids, big house and a couple uh, of nice cars. You know, like what Kay says, my daughter has her own business. Best way to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Time to live our lives, uh, Devin says. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I just think it, not yet. Not yet. You have to find safe ways to live your life. That's what I would say. All right, we have to go. Because it is Eldom. Eldom! Yeah. Last yeah. day of the month. Um, yeah. And if you know, you know. I'm not going to explain why Eldom's huge. It is what it is. If you know, you know. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, we're, we'll probably give this away tomorrow, I have to think. We're only six subscribers away from giving away the Xbox Series X. You want a five to one chance? We have two t-shirts left, an XL and a 2X. Make sure you hop on board. Uh, Venmo us 25 bucks, we'll send you a t-shirt. Our Venmo address is the Monty Show underscore. M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show underscore to get your t-shirt. Uh, new design coming hopefully this week or next. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.